0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Can I Be Funny? I'm JQ. On today's show we have the wonderful Rose Johnson who is one third of the Birthday Girls who are a brilliant sketch troupe who I saw in Edinburgh. So if you like sketches, you might like some of my sketches. So go and have a look on iTunes for the Sketchheads. Uh, I'll put a link in uh, my website so go and have a look at that. So let me know what you think about them on Twitter, on Facebook or an email. Or a letter, anything, you know, it'd be lovely. So, anyway, on with the show. It's the wonderful Rose Johnson. Rose. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. Thank you for coming in.
1: Thanks. That's fine. You brought, gave me delicious biscuits. So. Could you
0: taste the difference?
1: Uh, well, we didn't have a control biscuit. Uh, that's right, yes. So, I mean, it tasted nice, but.
0: <laughs> next time, I can't can. judge. We'll have a control biscuit next time. Mm. You are one third of. Birthday Girls, yeah, which I said to you was the best thing I saw in Edinburgh, so nice, which was true because I saw a lot of um sketches up until that point, but they're all sort of what because I'm an editor during the day, yeah. What I found with live sketch shows is when they get to the end of the sketch, it the energy just drops, yeah, well, prepare for the next bit, yeah. But in your show, you've got like little stings and dances and things that keep it going.
1: Yeah. Well, so. that was exactly what why we did it because we've yeah. been doing sketch comedy for years for about, God, like seven years or something. Uh, and that's always a problem. Well, like When we first started, when we were Lady Garden, before yeah. we were Birthday Girls, that our first show, we had nothing in between. We just had blackouts, no music, <laughs> no music. So you could just hear like, so you would just pray that they liked the show and they would clap between sketches because if they didn't clap, yeah. it would just be like a blackout and then the sound of like us, like shuffling chairs around on the stage. <laughs> And um, the energy would drop slightly. Then we kind of started putting music in between Mm. the sketches to kind of keep the energy up. We just sort of nicked it off other sketch groups. Of course. And then this year, we we kind of thought, yeah, we just thought instead of... Because it is a problem in between sketches. You just... It's like the end of a scene and then the audience immediately are just like, "Mm, oh, that's end of that. So then we just thought it would be great if we could actually rather than just trying to think of a way of keeping the energy up I've actually come up with a way of like making it even more energetic yeah. kind of making the the in-between bits a, a kind of highlight yeah so we started doing some dancing oh yeah yeah
0: we shall come back to that slightly later <laughs> so uh let's start at the start uh-huh when did you first get into comedy?
1: I uh probably at university. Um, I went to University of Manchester yep. along with all the other Lady Garden girls. And uh, I was just did kind of acting. I didn't really write, but I always, I just kept, get, kept getting cast as like the comedy part, like the, <laughs> the comedy fat mother, or like bottom in Midsummer Night's Dream and stuff. And so I kind of thought, oh, maybe, maybe I'm on something here. Yeah. Um. No, actually, I was furious because I always wanted to play the really serious, like, lead roles. And everyone was just like, no, no, not for you. Um, And then Eleanor, who was in Lady Garden, uh, and Camille, who is in Birthday Girls, they kind of set up um, a student comedy night because there wasn't anything like that Ah, at the time. And Beattie, who's also in Birthday Girls, uh, she and I were in a play together at the time, a comedy play. And she asked me if I wanted to write some sketches with Ah, her as a double act. So I thought, all we right, I'll give it a go. So we were a double act originally. And okay. then at this comedy night, which was sort of, you know, it wasn't it wasn't just Lady Garden, it was a huge collective. There was lots of people doing stand-up for the first time. Like Joe Lycett, he did his first stand-up. We did our first ever gig together nice. we doing stand-up. Um, and then, yeah, we kind of did a couple of those in Manchester. And then we, Eleanor, decided to kind of, Form a group of all women to take to edinburgh yep. so that was lady garden basically so there were six of us and we originally were just going to go out for two weeks uh the, the summer after we graduated um but then we went out for the whole month and then we kind of got an agent after that and then we just like just sort of four years later i woke up and i was still doing it <laughs> <laughs> and i kind of it's weird you kind of i went through this thing where i was like after about a few years of doing it I kind of was like actually I I don't think I ever I didn't make a decision to do this people like oh what made you decide to pursue a career yeah it's like I didn't I just (laughs) didn't I just never stopped we just kept on going yeah um but now I have made a decision to continue doing it and yeah
0: it's It's good it's been fun
1: it's been very fun yeah
0: but we did the Cavendish a couple of weeks ago
1: we did and
0: you was on your own
1: I was on my own, yeah. What's, what's all that about? Well, I I've branched out yep. into some stand-up.
0: So I've gone the opposite direction. I have yeah. started stand-up, <laughs> and now I'm just starting doing sketches. We can fill
1: <laughs> the gaps that each of us have left in yep. the.
0: I put a yeah. brown wig on. Do you
1: wanna? Yeah. You, how How's your dancing? That's all right. Yeah. I, call,
0: I call it a rhythmic spasm.
1: Okay, okay. Well, we've got a choreographer, so she can work with that. That's nice. good. Um, yeah, no, I just decided I've always wanted to try stand-up, but I've yep. always been too terrified.
0: But that, you've been doing stuff on stage for ages. But there's
1: other people on stage with you, and ah. you can blame them if it all goes wrong, and you've got them to be like, oh, wasn't it awful? Aren't we all in this together? Ah. But in stand-up, it's just you.
0: Yeah, I think I've met a few actors who have turned to stand-up and found it a bit more difficult yeah. than... And it's your own stuff as well. Yeah. Purely your own stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah.
1: It's just, I mean, I've, I'm have i very new to it. I've only done probably about 10 gigs. Um, but I really like it. Obviously, the first time I did it, I was so scared.
0: Where was the first one? Uh,
1: it was actually, it wasn't like a, it was at my friend's. Night that she put on. Yeah. She did this thing called the 30 Day Challenge. Have you heard about that? No. no. It's this thing... It's sort of like a motivational book or something, which I don't really know much about, so I could be absolutely (laughs) (laughs) making this up. But basically, it's a guy who is like, you should... You should make... You should pursue your dreams, you should pursue what makes you happy. Yeah. And he says there's a way, a tool for doing this is a 30-day challenge. So you give yourself 30 days and you set yourself a goal at the end of those 30 days. Yeah. So it might be to um um learn to, you know, play an instrument or yeah. da-da-da-da. And then he'll, he'll be like book a room book something do something you know if you want to be a chef like book a supper club that you're going to do in right. 30 days yeah. so she booked a comedy night she her goal was to do 30 minutes of comedy material she's not a comedian she 30
0: never, minutes yeah yeah wow. she's a teacher that's a lot of
1: material yeah well she did it brilliant and she she kind of does musical comedy okay and right. i now run a night with her in peckham rye as well right. like a monthly comedy night so um but I did it there. She, and she said, oh, come on. You know, it was the spirit of the night. There were loads of people doing it for the first time. Yeah. So she was like, so I came, went and did it for the first time. And it was great fun. I loved yeah. it. And I was like, I said, I've probably got about... I might not even have five minutes. Like, I think <laughs> I've got like three minutes. Did 15 minutes. Yeah. Just didn't... It, it, just, it just goes so quickly, doesn't it? The time.
0: Yeah. Did you have it all sort of pre-written or was it just like winging it?
1: I did... Yes, but not. If that's a sort of different thing from going on stage with sketches. Because when you're going on stage with a sketch, it's pretty much completely scripted. Yeah, you know, there are moments where you can improvise and things can happen, but because there's other people on the stage, that you, you can't just go off on a tangent really. Yeah. But with so it was stand up. It was kind of I'm still learning how much I should write it because I kind of. I guess when I first started, I probably did write it quite heavily. Yeah. But I had room to kind of... There's always room. Like, that's what I love about it, is there's always room for you to kind of go off on a slight tangent and yeah. whatever comes into your head. But that's not always a good thing, I've discovered.
0: <laughs> I can't get my way back from where the tangent exactly. was. Exactly. <laughs> and
1: like... Yeah, you can't find your way back. And also, like, you think, oh, you have one gig where you haven't scripted it too heavily. And you think, you're just sort of telling a story. And you think, oh, this is brilliant. I feel so liberated. I don't need any notes. Oh, yeah, I can just, all I just need is, I just need to know, like, what the story is. And then you get on stage and you're like, I should have written some jokes. (laughs) Yep. This this story is not enough.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what the problem I've got is. I've got, oh, I've got this great story. I've got this story I'm working on about my mum. She went to, um went to Australia a couple of weeks ago yeah, and we were having lunch and she said, oh, you know, if me and your dad don't come back, I need you to kill the chickens because <laughs> she's got chickens in the back garden. This she, is the first she thing she said. She actually said that? Yeah. And I said, I was like, what do these chickens know that they've got on my mind? Why do you,
1: Why couldn't she have said, I need you to like rehome the chickens? Yeah, it's just like, no, like, you
0: need to take them to the vet and have them put down. Like, okay. They're weird, are so they? So I've got, like, I'm trying to write a story around that.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's <clears throat> that's insane.
0: Yeah, so the premise is weird. So now I've just got to try and expand on yeah. that. But it's just, like, funny things happen. Stories, you know, just everyday life, yeah. funny things happen to you. It's just writing the little bits that keep the and joke going. And making
1: them into a big enough, and, and also a coherent and satisfying story. Because life yeah. doesn't happen in a neat nope. story with a punchline and I found that yeah, you kind of get to the bit where you're in your head it's the funny bit, and then it doesn't get a laugh. And you're like, oh, oh shit. god, oh, and shit. then I go
0: off the bus. Yeah,
1: and then you just kind of go like, <laughs> and oh, that was no, that was just the bit that I thought was was funny, but that's not. It's clearly not. So oh, I can
0: work on some more stuff.
1: <laughs> but also, you also get p- other people saying to you, "Oh, I've got this great this great thing happened to me. You should yeah. use it." And you're like, ah, oh, okay. A
0: friend of mine had a really great one story, but. I can't really... It's not mine, so I can't use it. But yeah. It's, it's an amazing thing that happened to him. Yeah. At a checkout. It's just some guy just being massively racist to this woman in front Whoa. of him. Oh.
1: It's like... Okay. Yeah, so we But yeah, it. I know what you mean. Like, you don't... You, you sort of... When someone says... You hear a funny story, you sort of feel like it's stealing a bit. Yeah.
0: Unless you say, can I nick it?
1: But also, I found... It's a bit slightly... Slightly strange... Um, when you sl- you have to alter the truth a bit or mm. you elaborate on the truth. Because in sketch comedy, when we write sketches, it's often, it'll come from a little something that's happened to us. Yeah. And then you exaggerate it and, and bend the truth and kind of yeah. make those characters more kind of crazy and odd and extend the situation whereas in stand and but that's okay because you're doing you're not saying this happened to me you're taking something that happened to you and presenting it as a little funny scene whereas in stand-up when you do that you're basically lying you're basically saying oh and then this happened to me and it i had a very strange thing where a comedian said to me after i'd done a story that i'd it was based in truth but i basically made it up really i'd made up the main bit of the story yeah uh, and he said, "Oh, what was in this? It's about this package that I get delivered." And He said, "Oh, what what was in the package?" And I was, I had, I was just kind of like, "Ah," oh. and I had this moment where I was like, "I don't want to say that it wasn't it wasn't true." So yeah. I sort of just went, "I don't, I never, I never found out," and then just like left, <laughs> feeling really unsure about like what I was doing. Yeah,
0: that's what I was struggling with, right? Having stories and then lying about stuff. I was like, "This, I'm, I'm lying," but. It's the lies that are the funny bits.
1: Exactly, it's and a- I'm sure that you know when you watch. I'm. I was always surprised when I watched people that I admired, comedians that I admired, that I really. I must have been naive because I would watch them and think, "Oh, that's so funny. They're so yeah. lucky that that happened to them." And I'd say to them, "Like, oh, is that what happened?" And they're like, "It's not true. I mean, yeah. they made it up." Or, or yes, it's sort of true. Like. You know this sort of happened, but I've exaggerated it hugely, of course, because it's it's writing. You still have to write. You can't. I mean, you'd have to be really bloody fortunate to be a stand-up comedian who perfectly formed hilarious anecdotes just happened to yeah, with, and, and you kind of you know finish them off with like a zinging punchline.
0: If um, if you find that out, do you think it devalues the joke from an audience perspective? I think it depends
1: because I think if it's if it's a funny story that's that's not that's purely there to kind of entertain you and and shows kind of clever writing yeah uh i think that that is fine i mean that's what i'm i'm basically trying to convince myself that yep. mine is fine <laughs> but the only thing i don't like is when you feel like you've been emotionally manipulated like if if you know a show's kind of got a a heart. Yeah. And it's they're trying to kind and it's trying to kind of make you feel something or make you really think about the world. And then you find out that the story or the concept that it's based on isn't true. Yeah. I think then sometimes you feel a bit like, oh, that's that's a bit kind of cynical.
0: Um so going back to sketches. Mm. I've written probably ten sketches so far. Yeah. Which isn't a lot. How many did you think you did before you like, I know what I'm doing now? Or do I still you, don't. You still don't? No. No?
1: No. Um, every time we write a good sketch, I always think, well, that's the last. It's probably the last one I ever write. <laughs> like, I genuinely, every, like, once a month will be like, I don't think I've got any more. Yeah. I think I've lost it. I think I've lost whatever it, is. like. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All the, Yeah, completely.
0: Okay. that makes it feel better. Don't feel, like,
1: <laughs> honestly, and I really think, especially with sketches, you it's it's just you have to write loads and yep. they some of them will always be crap and you have to just write the crap ones yeah just write them and maybe read them out and go yeah that's a crap one <laughs> and i would say like one in every 10 is probably worth pursuing so generally. I've, done, I've
0: done one then that's good <laughs> yeah
1: you've probably done one You've probably done one that's good. <laughs> yeah. Either that, or you've really beaten the odds, and the next ninety sketches you write will be shit. Thanks. You like you've written, you could have written the one good sketch out of every ten for the next hundred sketches that you write. I've peaked early. Yeah, you could have done beginner's luck.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll show you some later. So <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, so how? Because the way I've been writing sketches is I've been looking at the news, finding a funny news story, then yeah. writing something about that. Yeah, is that something you do?
1: No, ours is. I always feel really um, like a philistine because yeah. I we don't our sketches completely normally completely whimsical and yeah. just not, not have no kind of political or satirical bite at all.
0: It's only because I just need an idea to work on. It's not so I can be current. Yeah, yeah,
1: um, yeah. I don't know. We 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 used to do a bit of kind of topical stuff. Hmm. But I just find that that doesn't. I think because I'm not, I'm not like hugely politically engaged. Yeah. That that doesn't mean to say that I'm ignorant. But I don't. I'm not like massively educated when it comes to like politics and world affairs. Yeah. I don't feel like I. I, I think I always feel scared that I'm going to make a massive <laughs> error and really embarrass myself. Boris like Johnson's almost prime minister. <laughs> almost exactly. Like I almost like I'm not qualified to yeah. to make jokes about that because i you know i don't fully i'm not i don't know and like i think it's just naturally what you what cut what you know i i don't necessarily decide what i'm going to write about i just naturally that's not something that when i it's you know it's not like we don't write satirical yeah comedy just it just doesn't come naturally to us we tend to write stuff that's more sort of observational and whimsical I mean I think sometimes I think a lot we do write some like TV parodies and stuff yeah but I could think of one that was quite good (laughs) (laughs) but like and I think sometimes I do actively try sometimes to make if there's something that I'm angry about like an issue that I'm angry about like something kind of often kind of like as a woman something that's pissed me off yeah I, I, I try and write trying to like make people see that, that that kind of injustice or that annoying thing through humour is, I think, a very powerful tool. So I try and do that sometimes. Often that results in a sketch that's just basically a tirade <laughs> uh, railing against the patriarchy and isn't funny at all. Yeah. But Sometimes it does work. And then I think those are the sketches that I'm probably the most proud of. Yeah. You know, yeah.
0: How, how much... Because there's this classic thing about you know, a hit song can be written in 15 minutes. Mm. How long do you spend on a sketch, do you think? It,
1: it can really, really vary. Like, you're yeah. completely right. Like, sometimes you, we can all sit together and just the inspiration kind of hits and we're throwing these lines out. Yeah. And it's just done. Like, in our show, you know the sketch where Beatty plays the waiter and we're trying to leave the restaurant and she's like, she's sort of wishing us well but in a very convoluted and long fashion. so, yeah. Um... That, I mean, that always goes down well and we wrote that really, really quickly, just like all sat around the computer just throwing lines out and yeah. kind of doing it. But then sometimes sketches will go through like lots and lots of drafts before yeah. they're right. Often the last few drafts we end up like being like, no, it was fine before actually. We've yeah. gone too far now. It's, no. it's gone weird. <laughs> but, but yeah, like I would say the best sketches probably are the ones that don't need too much editing, but that's not always true. I think sometimes editing a sketch too many times, you can kind of lose the initial little kind of flicker of delight that made it funny in the first place. But that's not, but that's not a kind of exclusive rule. I think sometimes you do need to work and work at a sketch, especially if it's a complex idea yeah often in in order to just simplify it it's often a case of going there's too much going on here what's the kind of joke what's the funny yeah do the funny get out stop messing around like
0: dance yeah dance <laughs> do a dance distract them with a dance
1: um but our because we were working with tom parry from Pappies, he was directing us and obviously like when you're devising a show an element of that is kind of helping you with the scripts and stuff and a, a lot of the time people like you've just Why have you got all these lines? You've done the funny bit. Just finish it there. And we'd be like, no, I really (laughs) like those lines. And he'd be like, no. And then you would do it his way and you would be like, oh yeah, no, it works a lot better, yeah.
0: Something I've been finding difficult with sketches is coming up with the idea is fine, but then do you always have to end on a big (sighs) punchline?
1: Tricky, yeah. Obviously, ideally, Mm. you want the biggest laugh to come at the end of the sketch. Yeah, So it's very hard that's the hardest thing about it yeah is yeah you you want the kind of it to finish end on a climax um so i do yeah if you can come up with a really funny punchline, i would say either get to the the funniest bit and then get out as quickly as you can yeah or find some way of pulling the rug from underneath the the audience's So it's sort of like you think that you've got to the funniest moment and then something changes to make it, you know, the tables turn or something completely unexpected happens. That's, you know, it's like either... It's either a change of direction or or just getting out as quickly as you can, or just doing a dance, like I said. Yeah. We, like, when we were in Lady Garden, we, all our sketches used to just end, like, when we couldn't end them with, like, either someone dying or <laughs> someone just going, like, shut up and running off the stage. And then it was like, mm, oh, that's a punchline, isn't it? Yeah. A punchline? <laughs> yeah. When you look at really successful sketch shows like Monty Python.
0: I think my favourite Monty Python's end is, good job I didn't tell him about the dirty knife.
1: Yeah. That one. Yeah. Well, they're in there, and, but often, like, when they haven't got a, the sketches themselves haven't got a punchline, they got round that by yeah, like having a giant foot coming down yeah. or do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I think it's about finding because realistically you're not gonna find a perfect punchline to every sketch. No. Um so realistically it's about finding a way round that, whether it's you know, dancing or a musical sting or you coming out of character. And saying that's the end of the sketch. Yeah. You know, um, two episodes of Mash with Joanne and um, Joe Wilkinson and Diane Morgan. They're amazing for that because their sketches, like Joe, sets it up with put this really low-fi kind of concept. And at the end of the sketch, Joe just be like, "That's the first one," and it's and it's <laughs> it kind of then you do get a laugh. For that as well, for kind of the kind of lo fi nature of it. Yeah. Um, But when you're doing quite theatrical sketches, I guess that's kind of hard. There's nothing worse than you thinking that you've delivered the punchline and the audience going, oh, oh, that was, oh, oh, that was the end of the. And you just get one person sort of like clapping really
0: sarcastically.
1: Yeah, (laughs) slash sympathetically
0: is it different writing sketches because i all my sketches are for uh radio essentially yeah is it different writing for sketch for radio as opposed to live
1: yeah we haven't like we haven't written a lot specifically for radio right we always write for live like predominantly that's the yep. first thing that we write for and then we've done stuff on radio so we've done armor on radio for a couple of times and when we've done radio interviews and podcasts we've done the odd sketch but we normally use a sketch that we've written yeah and um just adapt it or we'll use one that it naturally suited to radio yeah um there are i think in that case it's quite tricky because you you sort of feel slightly restricted by mm. what you've already got you find it difficult to think outside the box whereas like you can the one benefit to radio is obviously anything can happen. You can be anywhere. Yeah. You know. And, Most of
0: us seem to be set on a space station. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> um, but obviously, in on radio, you're limited in terms of visual reveals. I mean, yeah. our dancing does not come across very strongly on the radio. No, you're dancing um, now. No one knows. I know, no one knows. <laughs> no one knows. I'm absolutely knackered with dancing this whole time. Um, I think as well, like with radio, there are, there are little things even, like, the fact that we're three girls and our voices aren't that dissimilar, it can sometimes I think be confusing if we're playing different characters yes. in a sketch to differentiate. Yeah. Whereas, so you kind of have to think about that as well. Um, but yeah, normally we just do really uh, basic things like just describing what's happening. If it's <laughs> if it's like a visual gag, just be like, "Oh, what are you doing there? What are you doing there, Bob?" Um,
0: just peeling this banana. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, but no, we, we want to we do want to kind of write some stuff specifically for radio, yeah. um, but it's not something we've kind of done yet.
0: Um, so you've done a lot of stuff on BBC Three. Three,
1: yeah, we did some bits on there. How's that? Yeah, it was good. It was um, like it was again sort of similarly to the radio stuff. You. It was a really, it was a real kind of learning experience in the stuff that works really well live. It, you need to, you need to alter it for t- telly, really. Yeah. And I think it's difficult taking a sketch that works really well live and trying to translate it to TV. I think it's much better if you write a sketch specifically for TV because yeah, yeah, there are certain rhythms and stuff like that that work so well live, but on telly it just. Something about the kind of conventions and the timing of it yeah. doesn't quite play.
0: Do you think it's the, the script has to be stronger for telly as opposed to the theatrical mm-hmm. of it?
1: The script has to be strong, yes. But it's to do with the performance as well. Mm. You know, for telly it obviously needs to be much smaller. Um,
0: I think the best sketch I've ever seen on telly that works really well on telly is it, um, Smack the Pony. Where yeah. they're leaving the party yeah. and the guy's on the doorstep with the, standing there with the girl. Yeah. And he's got his arms round her mm. and he's, he's sort of kissing her neck and whatnot. Mm. They're saying goodbye to the other person and he starts groping this woman up. Yeah. yeah and, you, and you think the two are together. Ah. And at the end she goes, come on, Mike, we're going home now. We need to talk. <laughs> and then he puts his coat on and walks out. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: That doesn't, I don't think, I don't think you could probably do that on stage I don't think because the whole set you got is like...
1: that you reveal that there's someone yeah, yeah. I mean
0: and obviously it wouldn't work on radio And
1: also I think with telly I think what we I think what I'm trying to get at probably is that live you know exactly <laughs> As a group, you're completely in control of of the timing of the sketch, yeah. of what's in the sketch, and exactly really where the audience are looking on the stage. If you're performing properly and you've been properly directed, you yeah. should be able to pull. You should be able to. You should be able to pull the audience's attention to where you want them to be concentrating and what you want them to be hearing. Yeah. Whereas on telly, you're in control of the script. You're in control of your performance. You're not in control of how that script is, how that scene is then edited. Yeah which is and that's so important so if you've got an editor that hasn't quite obviously the editor's not going to be doing it exactly to the timing that you did it live yeah so you when you watch it it really can sometimes feel really icky because you feel like the beats are missed or lines have been cut yeah that that just you would never have done but obviously when you're making a show for bbc3 as like an emerging sketch group you can't be like well we demand to be in the edit yeah i was
0: going to ask you because i hear a lot of People who are on shows, like successful shows, and they don't have any control. No,
1: you've got no control. But you why... basically have to sign over your the rights to your material. Right. And
0: so, what happens if you said no? I don't want to do that.
1: They what uh, you said? I don't want to sign over my material. Yeah. They would say you can't do the show. We'll find someone else to do it. Yeah. yeah. And that's. I think that's a kind of. Would you ever say
0: a... fine? I'll I'll take it somewhere else then. Or uh... is it is it good enough to be on BBC Three that you would? sacrifice that
1: it's very difficult yeah it's very difficult to this is the problem because there's i think there's an imbalance of power i think there's so many kind of performers and groups and talent there's so much talent out there and
0: there's so much in this room right now
1: wow we're overwhelmed i know we're overwhelmed (laughs) with talent um but i think there's so much talent and then there's not a lot of, there isn't really a lot of space for new talent to kind of express itself and especially express itself with creative freedom. There is space for new talent to kind of have a platform on TV, but it's often kind of, in our experience, there's a lot of sort of, I don't want to say interfering, but I'm going to, uh, from kind of commissioners, producers, everybody who kind of wants you to uh, you know, wants to have a say in what you're doing. Yeah. When actually I do, I really think that it would be much more, we would, we would kind of foster a lot, a lot more kind of more successful and brilliant stuff if people were allowed to uh, have creative freedom because you basically, you need to be allowed, you need to be given the opportunity that you could make something crap. Yeah. <laughs> because if there, I think that so much to telly People are worried that it's going to be crap, so they interfere and interfere and interfere until it's so bland yeah. that it doesn't. There's no daring. There's no creative voice. It's kind of all very middle middle of the road, you know. Safe. Exactly. And and, and ironically, that isn't safe because it ends up just being, uh, yeah, rubbish. Or 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 you know, not what the I've seen so talk to so many people and, and they're like, this isn't what I wanted it to be. This isn't my vision at all. This is. It's been interfered with yeah. and, and and it's kind of I think that it's kind of people who are really high up in telly wanting to get involved in a creative on a creative level, and it's like that's not how it should be. The creative decisions should always lie with the talent, with people who who are who are kind of coming up with the ideas. Yeah. So if you look at something like The Office, uh, like I read a lot about that, I <clears throat> wrote about it for my dissertation when I was at university, and actually they said, Ricky and Steven said, the BBC were like, oh, we, you know, trying to kind of get in, get involved. And they were like, no, we want yeah. to make it like this. And if you don't want to, then we just won't make it because it's, we're just making it because we love it. Yeah. It's not... And, and, and then when you look at that and how absolutely influential that has been in terms, both here and in America, in terms of style of comedy, in yeah. terms of filming and performance, you think that is exactly what we should be allowing to happen. And now, ironically... It's like everything is like, the, you know, there was a time, probably not so much now, when everything was like The Office. And it's like, but how will you ever get the new thing yeah. if you're just trying to make everything in the mould of the last successful thing that's happened? Yeah,
0: have you seen Brooklyn 911?
1: No, but I've heard that it's amazing. It's
0: good, but it's done in the style of The Office, uh-huh. like the filming style, which is, it's like, and there's no need for it as well. They don't. No. They don't look at the camera. So it's filmed like a documentary, but it's not.
1: But what? But I think that that can work because if you look at something like Parks and Rec or Modern Family, yeah, I love that style, and I think that's in it, that's Those are examples of how that style has really pushed forward because they're filmed in the style of a documentary. But but it makes no sense. There's right. no there's no reference to the documentary crew. It's not done in a like a verite style it's shot like a sitcom yeah but they just can talk they're just talking heads when they need it for the joke yeah. which i think is brilliant i think that and that shows kind of how that form has moved forward in, where in a in a way that maybe it hasn't yet over here yeah um but yeah I, I don't know telly's a really really hard one i haven't we haven't probably we've never like made our own show yeah. so i don't know what the process of that is like but in our experience of kind of doing it 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 has been quite difficult because when you do live sketch comedy obviously you're you're just completely in control of exactly what you say and do and how you portray yourselves and it's difficult not having that and 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 also feeling powerless that you can't say actually that's not how we want to do it at all because it's such a bigger machine and you're just a cog in it. You're just an actor. You're just a writer, you know. Whereas there's so many other levels and layers.
0: Doesn't sound like a fun thing well, to be involved
1: Maybe, yeah. Did it this... is fun. It is fun. It's just different. It yeah. feels... It sometimes feels more like a job. Yeah. Because you have a lot more constraints. But obviously then that's reflected in the money, because obviously it's sketch comedy, you're not making the big bucks.
0: No, that's another thing. It's, it's, but
1: actually in telly you're not either, to be no. honest, when you're doing sketch comedy.
0: I mean, if... it Would you say now it wasn't worth doing or it was worth doing in the big grand scheme of the career?
1: Um, it's so hard to say for us because the group that we're in... Has gone through a lot of changes. Yeah. So when we when we made the stuff with BBC Three, we were a five.
0: Right. Okay.
1: And then, or oh, were we? Were we a four? No, we were a five. Yeah, we were a five, and um, we were we had a different name, and then we kind of went through quite a big transition transitional period. So two of our members left. We didn't do a show in Edinburgh the year after that. And then we reformed and came back as birthday girls. And we're just building up our profile as that. So it's very difficult to say, but I would, I think a lot, I think it definitely helped to kind of, it helps to raise your profile. You know, obviously millions of people then see you. I mean, whether they remember you is another thing, but, um, actually, I, I think that for us, well for me, the thing that has kind of I think has really boosted our career recently is writing a, a show that we like we did in Edinburgh last year yeah. that was of success. Lots more opportunities have opened up for us as a result of that than did as a result of 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 being on, on a sketch show, you know, a, a kind of variety show on BBC three.
0: That's what um you know Barry Ferns from Angel. Yeah. He was saying that you've got to be so good that they can't ignore you. Yeah, yeah. So bet that's what
1: it's, it's it is happens, it's true. It? Yeah. it is it's definitely true. You have to be. It's that that kind of. It's I hate the term, but it's like you've got to have that buzz that producers because some TV producers are, are they just like I said, there's so much talent. It's overwhelming. Yeah, you need to be in front of their face, going hi. You know, we've done this show that everyone's coming to see. People have said <laughs> it's good. You know, you have to, and so and 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 it's like that kind of thing that you kind of think well. It's never going to happen to me. It's not. It's not going to happen to us. It's one of those things that happens to other people. And then you write a good show that does well. Yeah. And it's like, oh, oh, this is, this is great. It's <laughs> fun.
0: So how successful was Edinburgh for you?
1: Um, it was. I had the best time that I've ever yeah had up there. Yeah, it was the sixth time that we've done it. Right. Okay. Um, the second time is Birthday Girls, and it was the first time that we'd ever done the free fringe. Yes. Um and i just it was so fun i think obviously partly it was to do with the show that we'd written we really really the three of us really love writing together and work together i think it works the best that it's ever worked as a group the three of us um so we loved doing the show because we just wrote we were like we just want to write a fun sketch show that we love performing and we love doing the dancing obviously because we can just like pretend we're seven (laughs) and do the dancing. so partly it was because of that, and people liked the show and the dancing, I think. Yeah. Um. Partly it was being on the free fringe in the venue that was not a theatrical black box. It was a kind of... I mean, I'll be honest, when we arrived in Edinburgh, it was not built. Um, yeah, it didn't...
0: It was... One, one of the acts that was in one of the other rooms, it was, I think it was Tom Ward. No, it was... Um, oh, I can't remember his name. He said it's like the building has been forced into being a comedy venue. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But But actually... Weirdly, that ended up working for us because our show had a kind of, it meant that our show had a kind of warehouse party vibe. Yes. Uh, And also it was to do with the time slot because we've always been on before at like five or six o'clock. What
0: time was yours?
1: 10 p.m. Was it that late? Yeah, yeah, 10 p.m. And then we did extra shows on the last few weekends at 11.30 as well. right, okay. So yeah, it was a real late night vibe, which meant, it was a real lesson in, in almost crowd control as well because we'd never, in Edinburgh, we'd always been in kind of in the Pleasance in a black box, which is great, yeah. at five or six o'clock, which is lovely sketch o'clock, but it all, it means a lot. I think even more and more now, seeing as the Free Fringe is becoming such a more successful thing, I think yeah. it means that at that time, in a paid venue, you get a lot of like an older crowd I'm who... That old? No, 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 no! I mean in the Pleasance <laughs> oh, at right, five okay. or six o'clock.
0: Oh yes, yes. You yes. get
1: uh, you get a, an older crowd who want to sit and watch some nice sketch comedy, yep. which we are not. You know, <laughs> they're like, oh, these three lovely girls, the birthday girls. What are they going to be doing? Oh God, There's they're shit awful. in a bag. Yeah, they're talking about shit. Oh God, no, um, and sitting there in their fleeces, like oh, this is not what I wanted. Um, so. But now, and then, so I think now on the on the free fringe, and especially late at night on the free fringe, we just found, like, we were just, it was like a revelation. It was like, yeah. well, number one, we can fill the room because it's free. Yeah. And we can just pull people in off the street. And then there was a, there's a queue. And as soon as you have a queue, obviously, then people are like, what's that queue? Can yeah. we come in? And then you just have, we just found this audience of young people who were up for fun and really vocal, which we just hadn't had before at Edinburgh. And it yeah. just felt like we'd sort of found the right time slot and the right vibe for our show and what we do, which is just fun sketches. It's like it's not gonna change the world, it's not alternative, it's not cutting edge. But I don't care. I wanna do something that's broad. I don't care if it's broad, I think it's funny and I love doing it. Yeah. And if I can transmit some of that to the people watching it and make them feel happy, then that's what, that feels amazing. You know, like if you get people coming up to you after the show being like, I was in such a bad mood and now I feel really great. You just think what better feeling is there than that?
0: Exactly, it's good, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's amazing. I mean obviously some people hated it but did they Oh yeah and also in the free fringe they um, because they've not invested in it they've not paid ticket price yeah. they are quite happy to walk out across the stage oh they'll walk out right across that stage <laughs> during a sketch sometimes wow yeah yeah
0: that's pretty ballsy mm
1: yeah which was cu- cool because like especially because I've started doing stand up it yeah. was like well this is ideal because now I'm getting a lesson in how to deal with like awful audience members and
0: How often did that happen
1: quite quite often really yeah yeah or people just sort of like coming in and then like sticking their head in and leaving really noisily yeah but it was fine it was fine i don't remember doing it on the show i saw no it didn't happen all the time but it happened quite a lot yeah but it was nice because it felt like it always felt like the audience the main body of the audience were on our side yes and and when you feel like that you just feel like you're in control of a room even though actually it was quite a rowdy room you know often it was pat it was often really full and yeah. hot and you know you there wasn't a feeling towards the beginning that are we are we in control of this they could really you know yeah. turn <laughs> um but by the end of it you just felt like a nice kind of you, you just felt like yeah this is our space yeah you've come here to see us you know i just felt like we were in control of it mm. even though my voice was absolutely ruined was it i was like trying to sh- like say hello but like <laughs> Good evening, <laughs> other girls. This is just a new character of mine. Yeah, yeah.
0: So what are your plans for Edinburgh next year?
1: Uh, well, we are, we've are we decided not to take a new show ah. this year. Uh, we're going to go up with last year's show, Party Vibes, just for a week, I think. Okay. Uh, but no, we just decided, because we're kind of still doing the show, the same last year's show. We did it yeah. run at the Soho Theatre in December
0: how was that? It
1: was great. I loved it. Was yeah. It, was
0: it better or worse than being in like in a professional sort of environment? As it well?
1: was better in terms of like you don't have to worry about doing the door and yeah. <laughs> you know, and like doing all the tech and everything like that and things going wrong and things not mm. being there and like sorting out the chairs before the show. But in terms of what I was talking about, in terms of sort of the vibe and the underground warehousey feel, obviously yeah. Not the same, but still, I think it was. Yeah, we still had a great time. We loved it, Um, and we're actually doing a couple more London dates of the show uh, at the Leicester Square Theatre. Oh, the big one! No, no, God no, the little one. (laughs) (laughs) The the little one. Um, Yeah, we're doing on March the sixteenth and seventeenth. Just because we sold out the Soho, so we just thought we'll just do another couple of dates. And the Soho are like crazy booked up they've got so much demand people wanting to their shows there that that they were like well we can offer you a slot in 2018 (laughs) um no they weren't um so yeah we're doing we're kind of still doing that show in various places and um we're hopefully do it taking it to some festivals over the summer and stuff like that and and we just um we love doing it and we just want to keep doing that show and that material until no one wants to see it anymore. So... This is
0: something I've been talking to comedians about. Um, would you, when you're finished with a show, would uh-huh. you film it and then stick it somewhere where people could buy it?
1: Um, no. No? I wouldn't... No. We, we have filmed it We've um, and we would kind of maybe put some of the sketches online but in terms of filming the show as a whole, I wouldn't mm. do that because we... We're also kind of spending the time, the extra time we've got through not writing another show, um, kind of developing some stuff for telly and mm. working with various producers. So I wouldn't want to kind of just put all of that material online.
0: Well, behind a pay. Guess,
1: oh yeah, behind a
0: a pay firewall.
1: Yeah. Sh- I don't know, especially because the show our show is a, is a is a good live experience. I mm. think it's not necessarily something that would come across. As well, just through watching a filmed version of it. Yeah. So, um. I'm just trying to think
0: of, you know, monetizing old material that's not going to be performance. Of
1: course, yeah. Um, no, we, we, what we, we're kind of. Going to film a few of the sketches and put them online, you know, mm. as a kind of because I think that's always a good thing. You'd be So many people are like, Oh, we watched your stuff online. And I'm like, Oh, is this just our oh, shit stuff that we've <laughs> like filmed ourselves and put on YouTube. But also, I think it's a shame. I think a lot of people like it's like when they finish doing a sh- one show, you just completely never do it again. And yeah, but with sketch comedy, actually, that doesn't happen. You often sort of use obviously when you go to edinburgh all the material is new but then leading up to that you sort of put new sketches into the old sh- you know you sort of like gradually i mean i'm sure stand up that happens as well yeah, usually you you, ch-
0: ch- one or two jokes every
1: year. yeah, yeah. um but saying that we don't really do any of our we've not been doing any of our sketches from last year's show so <laughs> so uh no, not last year's the, the the first show we did the yeah. girls, but um i just think it's a shame we decided not to go to any of this year, because we were just like it's a shame to kind of stop doing that show while we still think that there's mileage in it and while we're still enjoying doing it yeah um and also you know when you're cynically when you're sort of like developing stuff for tv you need an opportunity for people to come and see you yes. and, it, and you want that to be at you, when you're at your best and not when you're developing terrible new material.
0: Yes. Are you just going to do the week and then go home or are you going to stay up for the other two weeks?
1: No, we're just probably just going to go up for a week. Yep.
0: Yeah. You're going to do some stand-up the up there?
1: Yeah, I will actually. Yep. Yeah, I think I'll try. Yeah. I did a bit last year. I did a couple, of, a couple of slots last year actually. Yeah, how was that? Yeah, it was good. It was. It's always sort of slightly bizarre when you're... Because you're... you're head's normally completely taken up with the bubble of your main show so doing anything else always feels slightly like an afterthought
0: and to a smaller crowd probably yes (laughs) did you see um beck hill's video she posted yesterday
1: no i didn't
0: she's filmed like a little bit of every audience that she's done in the last year oh wow it's an amazing video going from like Al Murray saying, Welcome Beck Hills with this massive auditorium to like three people sitting on a sofa. Amazing. It's a brilliant video. Um, oh look at it, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I love Beck. I think she's brilliant.
0: Yeah. Um so how is it writing sketches with uh, other people? Is it easier or
1: Yeah, I think yes. I think that's how I work we work best. Yeah. Um I do like writing sketches on my own. I like sometimes if I've got an idea, have being able to have the singularity of of, of your vision of just going this is exactly how i see it yeah so i think a lot of the time when i do a first draft i would prefer to just write that on my own rather than with the other two and yeah. then pass it over to them to edit it and do what do whatever they want with it um because i, I think i sometimes find it quite difficult to put pen to paper or a hand keyboard, whatever, yeah. when there's someone else there because I feel like you're almost going through a first edit while you're writing the first draft. Do you yeah. see what I mean?
0: It's like when I edit these videos, I I'll take the footage and do it on my own, just put it together. Yeah. Just to construct it. Yeah. On your own. You have music, to have it in yeah. some kind
1: of coherent you have to have something there to work with. And I find yeah. it easier to get that initial something on my own. Yeah. Um, however, that's not again, that's not an exclusive thing, you know, sometimes we'll sit and write a sketch. When we have come up with an idea all together, sometimes we'll be just messing around and procrastinating and an yep. idea will come out and we'll start writing it and throwing lines out and then it's sort of almost done first draft. Nice. Um, but I also love editing other people's sketches. I love getting a sketch that one of the other two has written and sitting and like... sort th- Because th- I think sometimes, again, when you see that first idea often first drafts are crap often my first drafts are rubbish <laughs> you know and but i need to write i write it and then i'm like you need to sort that out and yeah. it's it's that's the beauty of working in a group is that you have two editors there ready to 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 take an idea that you have that f- to you is just a very simple idea it's not developed enough and for yeah. someone else to take it and go actually you can go anywhere with that you could take it in a direction you hadn't even thought about Cause if it comes from something that's happened to you in your life, yeah. it's very difficult to often to think outside, like how could you move that into a more surreal realm or a more developed and funny realm that somebody else will see it and go, Oh, well, this could happen or, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I love, I love doing that. I love taking a sketch that someone else is like, shit, it's rubbish, rubbish, throw it <laughs> in it a bit and being like, better. no, it's not. It's great. <laughs> it's, you know, it's taking like the kernel of the sketch and changing it. Um, yeah. It's something I definitely really enjoy. Um but yeah, often when often it's sort of is that process. One of us will write them or we'll write in a pair, then the then we'll pass it over to someone else to be edited, so it's like fresh eyes, yeah. you don't feel like you're and then the final tweaks will happen after we've performed it and they'll ah. happen as a group. So, so you would you
0: rehearse it at home just on yeah. your own, yeah.
1: We would we would rehearse it just between ourselves, then we would perform it Record it if we remember, and then, and then yeah. Any edits or changes would happen. Yeah, all all together we would kind of sit and go. Well, that line didn't work, or this the whole sketch feels wrong because of this. We're not sure what we're doing.
0: There's racist undertones in this. Yeah, (laughs) that has happened.
1: That has happened. Like we, oh god, we've been accidentally racist. (laughs) Oh, no one wanted that. How often
0: do you guys get together?
1: Oh uh, well probably it really depends obviously in the run-up to edinburgh is like every waking moment um but mostly now because we we all have day jobs so it's fitting it in around there we normally i would say sort of two or three times a week yeah that's pretty good yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. trying to kind of write and have meetings and obviously do gigs yeah stuff so
0: if you've all got day jobs when do you think you'll be able to do this you know full-time i've assumed you were already
1: no no um I don't know I don't know if anyone I don't know if anyone can say oh I'm doing it full time forever I mean yeah. sure some people can I I perhaps this is a perhaps this is my downfall is that I can't necessarily visualize a time when you know I think a lot of the time it, it comes in sort of way sometimes you're doing it all the time and sometimes yeah. you're having to do your day job and it's about for me it's about sort of being okay with that and just being like yeah yeah that's I get to do this and I have a day job that I don't hate, you know? So obviously yeah, I'd love to do it full time, but that's the kind of tricky thing about this industry is there's no guarantee. There's no set career path. It's not like medicine or something like that where you can go, well, I know in two years I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to do that. We've just got a new agent, which Ah. is fantastic. And she's, and I feel a lot more kind of focused and, and kind of positive about, the kind of progression um with her because she's a lot more hands-on than than, than the agent that we were with before but yeah i mean ideally i guess ideally we'd kind of get to make our own show on tv which would mean that you know that would be our job yeah um but then again it's like once you've done that and you have to what do you do you know it's there's no kind of right i'm here now i've it's I'm doing this forever I think there's always you've always got to be okay with the possibility that you or the probability that you will have to have periods in your life when you have a day job and you have to be okay with that yeah I think if you aim if you're always thinking I don't want to be doing this day job I want to be doing this full time then it you you you'll spend a lot of the time unhappy because you will feel like you failed when actually you're you're being successful in your field
0: yeah
1: it just doesn't necessarily have sufficient financial recompense (laughs)
0: yeah mine is zero i think my total earnings so far is about 105 pounds yeah lovely that's (laughs) good that's good good.
1: i think i I think i made a loss last year (laughs) sketch comedy is an expensive business you gotta buy a lot of props what about a lot of props
0: a lot of props oh yeah what about the thing that's in the bag that was free wasn't it
1: no that was that was bought you bought that yeah
0: you could have produced one for
1: free yeah yeah no I Had that extra
0: authenticity no to no Camille, Camille did
1: suggest that but we were like no you've got to buy a plastic one it's a poo it's a fake poo oh I was
0: going to leave them in suspense no it's alright <laughs> um, so at the end I always like to say have you got anything you'd like to promote
1: um yes yeah our, I guess it's our shows our birthday girl shows Um, it's called Party Vibes and it is a party vibe and it's a very good show Thanks so much. Sorry. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's sort of like a comedy sketch comedy party. There's dancing. There's fun. Yeah. Pass the parcel, that kind of thing. Was it pass the parcel? Yeah. Did you miss the pass the parcel? I d- I c- Did you block it out because you didn't win?
0: I was right at the back, so I didn't. Get yeah, to see. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I see. So I was
1: about that? But that's on, um, at the Leicester Square Theatre on the 16th and 17th of March. Nice. And then I've got a comedy night that I'm running in uh, Peckham, where you can come and see me really trying to make it in the world of stand-up, <laughs> trying really hard. But no, I've got, I guess we get some great great acts on. It's called Rye Laughs. And it's Rye on Lies, the next yep. one is on the 24th of March. Uh, right. no, 24th of February. Right. It's also on the 24th of March. <laughs> and it's at the Bussey Building, which is a super trendy arts venue in ah, Peckham Rye.
0: Very nice. Mm. So I think that's it from both of us. Yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on.
1: Thanks so much for having me. It's been lovely. I hope you enjoyed the biscuit. I love the biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> <see you> <laughs> yeah. Bye. <laughs>